0: Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
1: More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough.
0: Dangerous mid-morning debate with the Great Dictator.
2: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on talk radio. Dangerous, disrespectful and drug ridden. That's not a description of the mean streets of Manchester or London. Not a warning of what is going on behind the scenes of the Notting Hill Carnival either. No, this is a direct quote from the Chief Inspector of Prisons in England and Wales. Peter Clark. is talking about HMP Nottingham where as many as nine inmates have committed suicide in the last two years. Unable to face the conditions in which they are forced to live. I've never been particularly in favour of cushy jails for serious offenders, but surely we can do better. What chance does anyone have working in that environment? There are literally hundreds of instances of self-harm every single year. And the only conclusion, once again, is that somebody in government is not doing their job. 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on... We'll be making the case for the renationalization of the train network in this country because the current system of subsidy and private profiteering has failed miserably. And we'll bring you the latest news on the Markle debacle, otherwise known as the Royal Wedding. 0344 499 1000. You'll listen to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio.
2: The Independent Republic of
1: Mike Graham on Talk Radio. I was going to say talk radio, which is just recorded its highest ever listening figures. More of you are listening, and you're listening for longer. Whoa. So thank you very much indeed, and welcome Daisy McAndrew.
3: I'm very excited by these figures. These
1: figures are very exciting, and due in no small part to your good well, self. I was going of course. To say,
3: sadly, I can take absolutely no credit. Oh, I don't. That. I don't
1: agree. No, these are all figures <laughs> for um, you know the first three months of this year. And you've played your part in, in, in many shows, actually, on the station.
3: I've been, I've been sort of highly promiscuous across... You have. You have. <laughs> across the it's platform. something I've always encouraged. <laughs>
1: and are people complaining more now, do you think, because they believe that they can get something for free or because they can uh, perhaps get a replacement for something they don't like?
2: Well, I think there's a, there are a couple of issues there. People might be moaning more on social media, but that's very different... Mm to complaining effectively and asserting your legal rights, if you've got a faulty product or you've received a bad service or you've been missold a contract, then it's a breach of the Consumer Rights Act 2015. You're entitled to the refund and redress for that. Now, that's different to having a moan and just saying, oh, I make this a bank of money. Yeah. You know, I've I've gained thousands and thousands of pounds of redress for myself and friends and family and clients and whatever but it, that isn't the point the point is about making sure that you get what you're legally entitled mm. to now that isn't actually you know making money it's it's getting what you're legally entitled sure.
1: to. Sure I'm, I'm sort of I suppose wondering and I know I take your point that you know moaning on social media doesn't necessarily make a difference but with companies now being moaned about quite a lot and being, and being sort of said to be not doing their jobs properly are they not going to become a bit immune to all of this criticism and just in the end go well. I'm sorry, I don't like it, you know. But get stuffed.
2: Well, I think it's interesting. Weatherspoons um, a few weeks ago taken themselves Weatherspoons took themselves off the um, off,
1: social off social media, social media yeah, media, yeah,
2: um, because of you know, the, the ridiculousness of it. Um, I think it's. It, you know, it's the companies, just as individuals, it's sort of ignoring the trolls, really. Yes, um, but it's also about how you how you deal with the matter, because actually, if you've got a genuine complaint and you put it on Twitter, at some point you're going to have to take it off that to give your personal information and put it into a DM anyway, which you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to give all your personal details. Mm online Um, but I think for companies they've got to improve it's how they deal with it and if they're saying straight away really sorry to hear about this please give us information and we'll follow it up for you, that's very different to just ignoring uh, you know, a tweet Absolute. or whatever, but because what but it, what
3: annoys me, Helen, is is the difference between companies. You know, you have the sort of gold standard of companies, um, and Lufthansa certainly used to be one where they absolutely prided themselves that if you made a complaint on social media, they'd be on it right. immediately. And and I've kind of tested this in the yeah. past, and they really they really have been. And then a friend of mine was on his honeymoon just a few weeks ago and was completely let down by Expedia. I mean, like, abandoned at yeah. Frankfurt Airport. It was meant to be going really? to Mexico, right. and he messaged me and said that he had been tweeting about it, could I retweet? Which of course I did. And you know, this isn't a hooray for me at all. Mm. It's actually a boo for them. Because it was only after myself and some more of his friends who yeah. had who had considerable number of followers, suddenly they started to take notice. Right. And that's you know, it was wonderful to be able to help him mm. and he got a bit more compensation, but it was deeply irritating. Yeah. It was only when they thought it might take off as a bit of a story that they bothered to reply. Yes. And you just think well they're only there. And that, and that, that wouldn't
1: help anybody who doesn't have that opportunity to, exactly. to kind of exploit but i mean the other problem as well helen with a lot of these internet companies is there isn't anyone to call is there you know you don't know how to get in touch with anybody you can send an email maybe but that's it you don't actually really ever interact with a human
2: hmm. no i mean that's that's really true but on the other hand i would always advise unless it's something very urgent that you put everything in writing anyway because then you've got a record if you're phoning you know they might put the phone down on you <laughs> you won't necessarily remember everything you can get irate but most importantly, if you need to take that matter further, if you need to go to an ombudsman or small claims court, or anything yeah. like that, you haven't got the evidence. You cannot use your phone. You can't use your phone call. Ooh. So if you've got that email, you've got your evidence trail, and then you can say they didn't get back to me after seven days, or you know that they haven't done this. You can quote the the Consumer Rights Act, yeah. you know, for all these different things. So it's far better to write anyway, and then if you don't get a response, you can always write to the CEO. So there's a um, a website, ceoemail.com, where you can get the CEO's contact details. Now, quite often... No, that's interesting. That, that's
3: good. Good yeah, that's a good tip. Oh,
1: that's a great tip. Oh, I use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they I'm must write, love I'm you. I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, yeah but what you, need to, what you need to remember, though, is the CEO won't necessarily respond personally, no, to him or herself, but it will escalate matters. So usually it will be an executive team that will deal with yeah. that. And they usually have more powers... Than the customer services team yeah. to actually sort of deal with it and actually sort of take it a little bit further and give you more redress.
3: And Helen, I don't know if you if you know this, but as a nation, are we sort of are we big complainers or are we do do we put we up be. with more than others? Do we, I want to, I think we're grumblers, but yeah. I don't know if we actually take yeah. it to you know to, to the company
2: involved. Mm. No, we're we're grumblers, and certainly the Customer Service Institute months ago did a survey to find out that people, although they were they might be complaining more. They're actually having to complain more often. So instead of getting a response the first time, they're having to do it again. So, so the, so
3: the companies are getting worse at responding yeah, so, to yeah. customers' complaints.
2: Yeah, yeah. and certainly what I find from people when you know, they, come, they come to me or they come to the blog and stuff and they sort of say, you know, I sent this email and you think, well, that's not surprising you didn't get a response because your email's written so badly mm. or you haven't, you haven't quoted the right act. Or you know you need to show that you'll be serious. You know, give your deadlines and what you'll what you'll do if you don't get the satisfactory response. You know, if you get all these things in, you're far more likely to get get results. But the thing is, you see, because companies don't tell you how to how to complain to them, they don't. Want you to do no, that? Of course so, they don't.
1: No, absolutely, Helen. You
2: know, mm. unless you know the, the details, you don't you don't complain effectively.
1: Quite right, Helen. Thank you very much indeed, Helen Dooney There, also known as the complaining cow, which is one of the great monikers, I think, in uh, modern times. I like times. That. But do
3: you know what? When I'm complaining, mm. what annoys me most is when I don't get an apology. Yeah. When they have conceded that the thing I've complained about is true. Yeah. And I still don't even get a, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. McCann" right. or whatever. But mm. then that, And then the minute I do get a sorry, I completely, it take, take, takes fine. the air yeah. out of my sails Well, this is the thing that's so surprising,
1: because most people would be happy with that. Yes. You know, I, if I'm complaining about something, I just want them to say they've made a mistake or something. I don't really care about getting anything for free. No. I don't really care about being treated nicely. I just want them to say, yeah, we got it wrong. Yeah. We're sorry. Simple as that.
3: Coming back yeah. to what Mike was saying with the tweet saying that Airbnbs and you know, similar platforms will be the, the death of hotels what has been the impact of them on hotels because i can see to my mind i can totally see this the the sense in going to an airbnb if you've got if you're traveling with a family yeah. because the expense mm. of having interconnecting rooms or a family room yeah. is sometimes huge and you could get an apartment instead but mm. if i was a business traveler i'd probably i'd still mm. want to be in a hotel yeah
1: yeah
4: i mean yeah the those short term rentals are great because they do allow families to you know like you say live together or groups of friends to stay together but um, like I said, Amsterdam has a wealth of accommodation that's, you know, it's low, like um, budget and mid range accommodation that is both affordable um, and easy to use. And actually, what we're seeing is a number of um, be- uh, affordable accommodations opening up in the neighbourhoods slightly away, so like to the east and to d- in the, the PIP area, where there's some fantastic old gabled houses that are now being converted into stays for bigger bigger numbers of people, but without the pressures of um, locals losing their houses to these short-term rentals. So uh, my advice would be to you can seek out these places. You don't necessarily have to use an Airbnb or whatever. There is a wealth of accommodation that's available for all price ranges and for all needs.
1: And what are Amsterdam hoping to achieve here? Then Are they hoping to actually reduce the number of visitors that they get in any given month?
4: I think there there's two two things they're trying to achieve is to uh reduce numbers and to spread out tourists across uh the rest of the city um and 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 to make it a a more a more pleasant place to visit yeah. it's a wonderful medieval sort of center town but there's so much more going on I mentioned Amsterdam Noord which is like um the most happening area and it's like an industrial wasteland that's been converted into artist studios and vintage shops and they're also they're also adding new infrastructure um after there's going to be a new north to south metro line which is going to allow a much easier way of getting around the city without actually staying in the center right. and they're also be-
1: they're also saying they're going to crack down on things like segway riding and beer bikes and horse-drawn carriages boozy yeah. boat trips. I mean, that is the kind of thing, I suppose, if you live there that would drive you insane. But a lot of people quite enjoy doing that sort of stuff when they're visiting another city. I mean, they do They do it in London, don't they? They
4: do it in London, yeah. I think um, the,
1: the, the beer bikes and the such have been quite a diversive
4: sort of uh, tourist experience for a number of years. And uh, the outgoing admission ad- administration has already discussed banning these. Um, I think what they are looking at is... Um, to be encouraging um, ad- uh, the types of tourists that will enjoy the sort of cultural side of the city. Um, they're also doing things like uh, they're putting a hotter stop on, like, uh, branches of large retail and restaurant chains opening, yeah. um, which actually means that there's a lot of good quality um, independent restaurants opening, um, a lot of... Uh, there's quite some trendy things like Avocado Show, which is a brand-new... Um, restaurant that only serves avocados in many different forms um
1: but I, I, <laughs> <That's> I, <brilliant. laughs> not like that's at all disneyfying the <laughs> yeah. city you know no, I mean that's all right then <laughs> yeah uh, but
4: i i think they are trying to they're, they're trying to diversify what the, what there is to do in amsterdam so it isn't just as you say beer bikes and um i mean presumably they've still the got the old
1: uh, cannabis cafes as well which is a large reason why a lot of people go there
4: uh, they have yes, but um, also cannabis cafes are having a bit of a overall. Um, in about 2011, they started to reduce the numbers significantly, reduce the numbers of cannabis cafes in the centre of town, um, and they were trying to introduce a weed pass, which would only allow
1: locals. Um, yeah, they tried that, but there. then they then they, they reversed it again, didn't they? They've
4: reversed it again, and they've rolled it out to several other cities right. across the Netherlands. Right. Um, but they, they you know, they. Uh, that is one of the bigger changes for people going over there is the uh the reduction in uh coffee shops right. um but but they are, at the moment they are still available to go and try
1: so <laughs> if i ring up uh, or go online rather with airbnb and say now i want to book a place in amsterdam will it will it not allow me to do that
4: um no you still allow i mean these are only proposals at the moment right. um okay. they are not they uh the the government uh, the council of Amsterdam is currently being changed and these are the proposals put forward for the four parties that are okay. trying to Former coalition.
1: Mm, okay, it was fascinating stuff, Don. Uh, Dan, thank you very much indeed. Dan Fahey there, uh, destination editor for Western Europe and uh, and Lonely Planet, got a great uh, text here, tweet rather from Rob. He says, I booked an Airbnb in Italy, and the owner then messaged me directly to cancel the booking and, and said, pay cash on arrival because Italy slap on a 20 percent tax on all Airbnbs as well as uh, oh, avoiding avoiding the cut oh, that so, Airbnb so, takes.
3: So that wasn't a, a, a... A dodgy owner or a con man that was just. Well, he was just trying to avoid the the extra money and not
1: want to pay the fee to Airbnb. I mean, I've had situations where, I mean, I've done quite a lot of rental of sort of villas and things in Mallorca and and Italy and Spain and places like that. Um, And quite often, you'll sometimes turn up and they'll ask for a cash deposit. Oh, yeah. Which is weird because you always think, well, what's that for? And having children, of course, you're thinking, well, I know what's going to happen here. They're going to smash something and they're going to kill Exactly. The, the, they're the, going to the, the put deposit. lipstick all over the walls. Yeah. Yeah. So they... Or they're going to smash the big glass bowl yeah. that sits on the top of the big yeah. glass the, table. You know, luckily that's... that's never actually happened. But there doesn't seem to be a, a, a sort of law that, gov- that governs every single situation you're in.
3: No. Do you know how, I'm just looking it up, do you know how many Airbnbs there are?
1: No. Four uh, million. For, in, around the world? Yeah. That's astonishing. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? When yeah. you think
3: it's new, it's a yeah. new phenomenon, and the impact, of course, it's having on hotels. Um, because one of the well, the impacts it's having is on hotel prices. Yeah. As we all know, a hotel room doesn't have the same price year round. No. It goes, it fluctuates depending on how many other rooms you know, there are and how sure. you know, how scarce they are mm. and how fully booked they are. Yeah. Because the Airbnb's had a huge impact on that, so they are losing quite a lot I would imagine
1: so but maybe the high-end ones probably are doing okay still because like you said if you're a business person you're traveling and some companies paying you're probably still going to go and stay in that hotel
0: there there are this
3: I've never stayed at one, but I've looked on their website in the a sort of po- property porn way, drooling over these. Yeah. Have you seen this? Play- it's organisation called One Fine Stay. No. As, um, so they're the that's basically posh Airbnbs, okay. and they are all. Inspected. I saw yeah. a um, presentation by their boss once, and they are super high. I mean, it's like staying in a Russian bodyguard. I found poly- something house. similar uh, yeah. to
1: that because I was looking at going to Rome, yeah. and rather than because, like you said, with a family, it's really difficult with, if you want to go for sort of more than one night. Yeah, you don't want to be in a hotel because it's ridiculously expensive, and you expensive. don't want to. Well, also, and you don't want to be
3: in the same room as your no. kids. unless oh, no. depend, Depending on no, what, no, what I age get they, they are, no, I always get two. Yeah, which is so expensive,
1: but it becomes ridiculously expensive. But these places were unbelievable. You yeah. know, these, these sort of rooftop villas. Yeah, in so Rome, you can overlooking imagine the Vatican, and you know. Stuff. You can imagine if
3: you were sending your, you know, top executive he's yeah. going to have to do, he or she was doing some entertaining. Yeah, you know, you'd you'd hire one mm. of these amazing places, and they presumably
1: be... come with staff as well, if you wish.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to send me on a fact finding mission <laughs> to, to test out some of these places, well, maybe we should amazing. go to Amsterdam
1: and check it out. Uh, now that there's a <laughs> yeah. Eurostar, oh uh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand, we could leave after the show, back in time for tomorrow's show. Yeah, perfect. This is Talk Radio. Rango, I Uh, See, that's the artsy monkeys I know. I don't know what's happened to them. They got rich.
3: But do you look good on the dance floor?
1: I always look good. Do you? Yeah.
3: What style of dancing is your... Well, it
1: depends, really. I used to do a kind of um, a scar, kind of a scar-type dancing. Did you? You know that thing where it's kind of like stepping? Yeah, like like the
3: Hoffmeister bear.
1: Kind of like that, yeah, yeah. There's not a great deal of energy being used up. It's just a kind of rhythmic. Um...
3: But seriously, cool.
1: But well, hopefully, probably, yeah. I'd probably be called dad dancing now because yeah. I am a father, of course.
3: This is the only threat that we've worked out really works on our 12 uh, year old daughter. Right, a threat to do dad dancing yeah. in front of her friends or yeah. any embarrassing parental th- behaviour. Th-
1: I threatened my 13 uh, year old with turning up at his school. Yeah. And coming seriously near his friends and him and talking to them incessantly. Yeah. In the way that I do on the radio. Yes. Just making him feel embarrassed.
3: Or I threaten, you know, nicknames and lots of (laughs) lots of public kissing. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Public kissing. Definitely a a good way of embarrassing. Now Let's go back to the phones. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. We're talking Airbnb in Amsterdam banning it. Craig uh, is in Wakefield. Hi, Craig. Hi there, Mike. You all right? Yeah, very well indeed. What you got for us?
7: Well, we booked um, an Airbnb for Cheltenham Racers this year. Okay. About a year year in advance. Um, And when we first booked it, the price was too cheap. Um, So I got in touch with this lady who was owning it. It was in a pub in a village outside Cheltenham. Right. And I said, why is it so cheap? And she says, oh, what are you coming for? I said, oh, Cheltenham Racers. She went, oh, um, and then doubled the price. Oh, really? What, because
1: she thought you were coming that week or something?
7: Yeah, she'd she she she'd already taken over this pub uh, months before and didn't kind of realise it was Cheltenham. Right, okay. Uh, so we, we booked it, anyhow, because it was still a, re- a very good price. Yes. And then about a month out, one of my friends says, where are we stopping? He says, can you send me details? Right. And I went on the Airbnb website, and it had disappeared. Oh, God.
1: Oh, what, and ha- thought, what happened? And had you already paid for it?
7: Well, you pay Airbnb up front. Um, That's right, Yeah. They don't actually pay them until you've stayed there for 24 hours. Right. So, obviously, finding a property at Cheltenham three-week hours like pulling zen's team. You're yeah, not going to get anything. Right. Um, and we couldn't get in touch with the owner. She couldn't. Um, it, it was a nightmare. And the only way I could get in touch with Airbnb, there's no number, right. was through
1: Twitter. Right. Because I was going to was gonna say, surely, was, surely, if you've paid them, they must have some obligation to then find you somewhere else if the place that you've you've paid for is no longer available.
7: Yeah, because but they did say all that, and they were very good to be fair. Once I, and they seen Ireland and someone called me from Ireland, right? But because they said it, um, the owners got a week to respond. That's our terms and conditions. Mm. So I said, yeah, but a week to respond is Cheltenham. I said, I'm never going to get anything, right? And it, Eventually, I found out the pub had gone bust. I right. did some research. I found another pub in the village that said, oh, yeah, it's not operating and all this lot. All right. And I managed, I managed to get my money back, and we booked another Airbnb. 30 seconds later, they, cam- uh, they doubled the price because it was Cheltenham. <laughs> so this all goes on, and it turned out okay in the end. We got a place in Stroud, and yeah. it, um, it all worked out. But it was a a nightmare. Well, this is what
1: I'm saying. I mean, you know, if it all goes well, it's a great system. But if things go wrong and you can't... I I mean, I I know when we were talking to the complaining cow, and that is her official title, by the way, before anybody starts moaning and complaining to Ofcom. The point is that, you know, there's nobody to call. And I prefer to be... Although she said it's better to keep a record and all that, I still would rather speak to a human and say, yeah. look, you know, can you yeah. sort this out for me? Rather than going backwards and forwards on emails, you can't go outside,
3: you well, know what I mean? Also, you kind of forget that you've sent that email yeah. and, let, and let it sort yeah. of wither on the vine.
7: Yeah. He has made me wary, but we have booked another Airbnb in for Cheltenham next year, so...
1: OK. And how much is that costing, if you don't mind me asking?
7: Um, we have paid, um, off top of head, it, it's about £900 for three nights. Really? For five adults.
1: Oh, for, for five? five? Oh, OK, adults. that's not so bad, I suppose. But... No, it's
7: pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's about 50 the night or something like that. Yeah, oh, that, that works green. out all right. Okay, and all right, great. And
3: Craig, Craig. Most importantly, did you win anything at Cheltenham?
7: I, I hope the wife's not listening, but yeah, we had a good
1: time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, she'd probably be crosser if you lost a lot rather than you won one. Well, award. that's very possibly <laughs> true. Yeah, well played, Craig. Thank you very much
1: indeed, Craig. Uh, there in Wakefield now. Of course, uh, it's only what two days to go until this happens. <laughs> I should miss this music, you know. Maybe Will we should you? just keep doing it you know, we'll next week as we'll, well. just
3: do weddings forever and ever. Just do weddings.
1: Ever. Wedding news. Yeah. yeah. So, wedding news today. I'll tell you what I think is a bit odd, right? And mm. I don't know whether you're going to agree with me here. But on the front page of the Times today, uh, there's a picture of a woman and three children, right? She is apparently Jessica Mulroney, uh, who is Meghan Markle's friend. Uh, she's got three children, yes, Brian, Ivy and friend. John, uh, who apparently are also going to be Bridesmaids and page boys at the wedding. George, uh, the, you know, join Prince George and Princess Charlotte. What See, that's with another that? thing I think they've got wrong. Why? Because Prince George and Princess Charlotte aren't just any kids, they're Prince and Princess George and Charlotte. Yeah. It's not like a free for all. You don't need to go invite three other kids and go, well, oh, anybody have... else want to come along? You'd
3: always have your best friend's kids no. if they were your godchildren or whatever. You'd want them so. to be. I think so.
1: No, I think it's a massive error. Well,
3: you're wrong. You can't be that elitist that only I'm the. I'm not age... elitist. That only the prince and the princess. royal family
1: we're talking about here. But
3: it doesn't mean. Well, yeah, but I the mean, whole point is that they're moving it's not with like the, the times. Pe- it's not,
1: they're not moving with the times, though, are they? It's not the people's wedding. It is a massive event which is being watched around the world by millions of people, right? It is not just Meghan and Harry getting married, is it?
3: Yeah, but she is the bride. She should have whoever she wants as bridesmaids, and if she wants her godchildren, then she should have
1: them. I'd have told her no.
3: But also, can I'd you imagine, no if, you, can imagine if, if Meghan was your godmother and you didn't get to be a bridesmaid? You'd be so... I don't upset. think so. Kids, the kids don't care about being a, bridesmaids. They don't yeah, care. Their parents no, the yeah, have, of a, yeah, of a yeah that's exactly
1: it. You've nailed it right there. It's the mother who's gone. Well, surely my kids will be bridesmaids and, and page boys. Why
3: not? They, they don't. It'd be the a kids, kids will not experience. care. The
1: kids will be so nervous. You're putting them in the limelight. Yeah, but, it, but in They're the on the future, front page the, of a newspaper, be,
3: what do to say? Oh, yes, I was a bridesmaid no. at a royal wedding. It'd be hilariously funny, and there will probably be a picture of you. You know, like that little grace girl pulling faces on yes. the balcony. They'll, these kids will steal the show. They'll be the story. Well. So I think well, that's, let's hope I think nothing goes
1: wrong. That's all I can say.
3: Well, of course we don't want anything to go wrong. And apart from, you know, a child tripping up is always quite... Funny. Yeah, so what you've been framed moment that'll do. Or, or stepping on the train. Oh, yeah, well, we'll
1: start punching each other or something, <laughs> yeah. the two boys, that'll be great. Well, brilliant. I think now that...
3: None, none Prince of...
1: George, yeah, Prince George gets in a fight with little Brian, that'll be great for Well, me.
3: he's quite a monkey, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. which,
3: again, I quite like.
1: I don't mind that, yeah. I don't mind that, but everything's going wrong. I'm saying that it's Prince Harry's fault. Now, the press is starting to pick up on this, Well, right? they they're are, starting, st- the, the world is are turning. They stealing our, uh, stealing our uh, headlines right? The Markle Our debacle. Um But they've now finally worked out what I told them two days ago, which is it's all Prince Harry's fault.
3: Yeah, well, so... So um, what Sa- is Sarah Vine Sarah got to say for Vine, herself? Sarah um, Vine, who is a columnist uh, who certainly doesn't mince her words no. on the Daily Mail. So she says, sorry to be a party pooper, but I now have ten nagging questions about the wedding. I can't get out of my head. Uh, so she starts off by saying that you know, this is like a, a sitcom or a, you know um, a ridiculous a soap opera, a ridiculous soap opera. Which yes, it absolutely is. And yeah. then, then she starts her questions. So I will pose her. So questions I'll see if I can answer them to, as honestly as I can to you. Yeah. Number one, yeah. how did the palace get it so horribly wrong?
1: Well, I'm led to believe that uh, Prince Harry is a bit of a control freak, and therefore, as much as he may have been getting lots of media um, advice from various PRs within and probably without the palace. He's decided to do it all the way he wants to do it, and that's why it's all gone wrong.
3: Yeah. Now, I do take issue with some of what she says. So she says, you know, why did they completely fail to see the problems inherent in the complex Markle family dynamics? That's fair. She then goes on to say, which I don't like the way she puts it, she said, did no one stop to think of the implications of Prince Harry marrying a woman from a different culture and class? Yes. And take steps to minimise the impact on vulnerable Well, that is true.
1: I mean, she is from a different culture and class, isn't she? She's American for a start.
3: Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that her family are going to be a nightmare. This family clearly are rather dysfunctional. Well, I mean, you might, you might
1: argue that they're no more dysfunctional than the royal family. Well, exactly. I mean, who are pretty dysfunctional it's, as well, to exactly. be honest.
3: And she, so then she goes on. Question number two. Yeah. Why did no one Google her family?
1: <laughs> that does seem like an obvious thing to have done. And
6: she does. Because, say...
1: I mean, that fantastic picture of them all arriving from uh, from Heathrow the other day, uh, where it's got, like you know, the drug addict, the, uh, the cannabis grower, the former alcoholic. Yeah, you the, know.
3: the one who held a gun to his girlfriend's yeah. head. Yeah,
1: unbelievable. Just yeah. Just unbelievable. Uh, so but of course, say, none of them are coming, though, are they? They're just, but they're all here. Yeah, no,
3: none of them have been invited. None of them have been invited, so but they're all, in,
1: they're all in the country.
3: Even the most cursory internet search, she says, would have thrown up a few red flags. I mean, don't you
1: think he should have used his influence with the Home Office and said, look, when these people arrive, can you mind not letting them in? Yeah. And just say, no, I'm sorry, you can't come in. You see, I think Put this is
3: part of the problem, because it says, um, uh, what was it that stopped them? As in, you know, that the royals, incompetence or oversensitivity? Or did the couple themselves away in their little love bubble simply not think it mattered? Well, I certainly don't think the last bit. I suspect it was oversensitivity.
1: I suspect as well, partly, that Meghan hasn't been entirely uh, truthful about these members of her family. I think she's probably been slightly economical because, I mean, if you're describing, you know, say the black sheep of your family, if there is one, to your other half just shortly before you get married, and you know you're not going to invite them, You're not going to go through the gamut of all the terrible things they've done. And all the awful things they might do. That
3: doesn't seem very plausible to me. What seems more plausible Mm. is that she would say to him, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe my family. They're an absolute nightmare. And he would say, they can't be worse than mine. No, And he just would would dismiss her. And she said, no, no, really, they're awful. He'd go, yeah, 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 whatever, they'll be fine. Yeah, Uh, I've been pictured
1: naked in a hotel room in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Dressed as a Nazi. And it went all over the world, (laughs) so what the hell? Yeah,
3: I can imagine him not really believing her when she said
1: uh, that
3: they're awful. Right, number three. Why has mum only just flown to Well, that's a very good
1: question because, Uh, again, as I said to you the other day, they should have gone to Mexico, they should have lifted the father out of the room that he was in or the house that he was in and removed him from the public glare, taken him away so that no journalist could find him and offer him money. Uh, And Similarly, you would have thought they would bring, like I said to you, there's there's no shortage of money in the family. Surely they could have put her up somewhere in London for longer than just two nights before the wedding. This is
3: probably the one... I Agree with Sarah Vine most. You know, she has why hasn't she that's the mum been holed up for the past month in some swanky suite in Kensington Palace, trying on hats, choosing sugared almonds, and generally guiding her daughter <laughs> through well, yeah. the final preparations. And actually, and, and and she goes on to make the point which I repeated earlier about she's getting you know walking her daughter down the aisle, pretty terrifying prospect yeah. in front of all those people with hideous jet lag and not having and a And what climatized? if she suddenly
1: gets a panic attack or something, yeah. you know, when they're doing a rehearsal and just goes, I can't do this? Because
3: presumably, she's then. Doing...
1: They'll have to They'll get somebody else to walk her down Charles. The aisle. Can you imagine?
3: It'll be Charles. It will be Charles, yeah, yeah, or
1: William or something.
3: Yeah. Um, why invite only two yeah. family members? Well, I
1: think as above for that one.
3: Yeah. Because yeah. we
1: kind of know why she doesn't want to invite them. She clearly isn't very close to any members of her family.
3: Yeah. Which is now, not, you
1: know, the world's biggest crime, really.
3: See, I do like this, because she says, the royals are remarkably skilled and cheerful about smoothing over old feuds and yeah. burying hatchets. Right. You know, see Andrew and Fergie. It says, I don't imagine the prospect of relatives glaring at each other across the canopies worries the royals in the slightest. Yeah. So now, I you that. see,
1: this is where Sarah Vine has been, again, rather uh, badly subbed, if you don't mind me saying so, because yeah. this, question number five, why snub her uncles, is the same as question number four. Yes. Why invite only two family members? It
3: is. Oh, she's so eking. we can strike that. I don't know if it's subbing or if she's trying to...
1: <laughs> Maybe she only really had six questions, but it didn't sound right. No, I think she, turned them into ten. I think
3: she's padding. But I think what she's saying here is that the two uncles sound like they're okay as compared to with ah. the rest of the family who aren't okay. okay. So she says there are these one of them and this is quite a good line, one of them actually um is a, a bishop, and then she says, admittedly of his own church. <laughs> <laughs> the Eastern Orthodox uh, Catholic Church. Where he says, um, Her Majesty is also, of course, the leader of her own church. What an icebreaker. Yes.
1: <laughs> you, me both. Oh. Who knew? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we've used up all the time now oh, for that particular section, so we can't do the other four questions. But don't worry, uh, we didn't have the answers to them anyway. But it'll get more exciting tomorrow as we bring you more wedding news from Windsor.
0: Talk Radio. radio. Dialogue. Some dialogue.
1: Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.
5: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.